0: Happy Veterans Day 2018. This is the Y'all Show. Talk with a southern accent with your host, John Rawl. Hope you're all having a great holiday. For some of you, it is a holiday and you're not having to labor. And for some others, well, you're having to work just like a regular old day. But regardless, we want to thank our veterans, those who serve currently, those who have served in the past, and our heroes of yesteryear, those who served honorably and were discharged and are no longer with us. Those who served and lost in the ultimate sacrifice, we want to remember them here on this Veterans Day 2018. This is the show that's all about the South, and we are all about our veterans here, the Y'all Show with John Rawl, on this Monday. And if you want to reach out to us, our number is 803-816-1170. And our website is yall.com, that's yal com, and we'd love to hear from you, and Again, want to hear from our veterans. We thank you for your service here in the Southland of our country. We are on the road right now. We are in the Palmetto State, and as I've told you before, this is where I where I was hatched and where I've grown up. And I'm at my mama's house, and my dad happens to live here too. But you know, in the South, we always we put a little bit more emphasis on your mama. So, uh, how's your mama and them? Well, mama and them's good and I'm here for the day or two or possibly three days this week catching up on some some good home life, and I'm sitting here today doing the show looking out on the fields of collard greens and such, so yeah, I'm back home in the Palmetto State, so hopefully you'll bear with me here as I've had a nice weekend in Charleston, and and hopefully your weekend was good. Perhaps I'll share some more tidbits about what's uh, what all has been going on with me, but We don't need to hear about me. We need to hear about the South. We need to hear about y'all here on the Y'all Show. But we are having a good time, and we hope you're having a good time here as we get to our Veterans Day salute. We're going to have, for most of the show today, we're going to have a rewind to last week's show. We're going to kind of do a hybrid here. We're going to do some headlines from around the region. We're going to do hashtag Hullabaloo. And then we're going to rewind back to last Monday's show for the rest of today's show. So if you hear some of this stuff from last week, apologize But we are sidetracked with the Veterans Day and couldn't get some guests on. And so we're going to just kind of go back to last week for half of today's show, if that's okay with you. Yeah, I thought it would be. But right now on the Y'all Show, we want to dive into what's going on. And it is Veterans Day 2018. And when I saw this story come out, I could not believe it here. But it is true. The Department of Veterans Affairs is suffering from a series of information technology glitches and it's caused GI Bill benefit payments covering education and housing to be delayed or, in some cases, never to be delivered. And so our veterans here on Veterans Day right now, some of them are having a tough time being fairly compensated with stipends and such from the Department of Veterans Affairs. So come on, what's going on? We we don't want to mess over our, our great service members and, and the Veterans Affairs Department, which... We, we, You know, President Trump, when he was hired, said he was going to fire people. And a lot of that was doctors and such. But this could be more on the administrative side. Things aren't getting done. And we want to get that fixed. So if you're a veteran and you're not getting paid properly and you think it might just be you, no, this evidently is something going on nationwide where veterans are being left out. Let's get that corrected. There's no excuse for the government not to have payments going to our heroes on time this is veterans day but in 1954 this holiday was named veterans day and it was actually armistice day prior to 54 armistice day marks the 100th anniversary of the end of world war one on november 11th at the 11th hour of 1918 the allies and axis forces in europe stopped fighting and world war one billed as the greatest war ever And the war to end all wars mercifully came to an end. And so this Armistice Day was celebrated starting in 1919 by Woodrow Wilson. And and then it got changed in the 50s by President Eisenhower. But we want to remember our doughboys from 100 years ago. As yesterday, Sunday, was the 100th anniversary of the war coming to an end. And I found this article on AL.com that I thought would be Something good to pass along here. It's called 10 Ways World War One Changed the World 100 Years Ago. And so perhaps some of this may be old news to you, but in case you're not up on history all that much, here are these 10 reasons the World War I coming to an end had a major influence then and it does now. Well, in 1918, 100 years ago, the war was going on, but also you had the great flu pandemic going on throughout the world and as many as 500 million people were infected between 1918 and 1919 and the flu killed about 50 million of those 500 million including 675,000 Americans dying in 1918 and 1919 from the great influenza and i know that had a actual direct uh, connection to my family my fir- my my le- last ex-wife her grand her grandmother was born in nineteen eighteen and her father died about three months before she died before she was born from the flu pandemic. She never knew her father her father never saw her her father died before she was born, and that's just one example, but a lot of people lost their lives and a lot in the south six hundred and seventy five thousand Americans dying with the great flu pandemic of 1918 and 1919. That is unbelievable to know that that happened 100 years ago, but sure enough, it did. Another result from World War One was the end of monarchies. Remember, at that time, Germany had a Kaiser, and you had a lot of these fiefdoms throughout Europe. Well, the monarchies kind of faded from history for the most part with World War One coming to an end. You had the rise of communism, of course. Red China, or rather, Red Soviet Union, Red Russia, was born during the World War One years as Lenin and, and all those characters helped change the Soviet Union and, and make it Russia, the Soviet Union. All that happened during this time. You had the rise of fascism as Adolf Hitler was a corporal in the German military and after the war, after Germany's humiliating defeat, he helped start the Nazi Party and fascism became a major Force in the 1920s and 30s and 40s in Europe. Another component of World War One was the resurgence of the Ku Klux Klan. If you've ever seen the pictures from 1925, thousands of KKK members marched down Pennsylvania Avenue in Washington D.C. That was a offshoot of World War One, World War the resurgence of the Klan. Women's rights was a big deal. In fact, women were pretty close to getting the right to vote. Right before the war was declared, and when the war was declared, the push, the people behind that push, decided, "Hey, we we've got bigger things we need to do right now, and that's win this war. We'll just put this off." And sure enough, that's what happened. Women's rights didn't happen until after World War One, with the passage of the Nineteenth Amendment, and then you saw women heroes like Amelia Earhart back in the nineteen twenties rise to fame and women had a bigger role thanks to world war one you also had the understanding the mind its symptoms all the shelling that happened in world war one and the veterans coming back with ptsd not call that at the time but the mind and, and and understanding how war could affect the mind was an offshoot of the war the maps were redrawn europe totally got changed and places like what was Austria-Hungary ended up being carved into various countries and all that ended up helping to lead, to, frankly, to more war. You had the creation of the Middle East as a result of World War I coming and, and going. The appeasement of Hitler was an offshoot of World War I, as well as American isolationism. Remember, we were late in joining World War I, and when World War II was happening in the 30s and 40s, America, they did not want to join the war. We kind of behind our back supported Great Britain, but we really did not want to get in another fight over there. But we ended up doing so when the Japanese attacked Pearl Harbor, which, by the way, Germany declared war on the United States. would have been real interesting if the U.S. had not done anything, if Germany would not have done anything, if we would ever had a war with Germany. I'm sure something would have ultimately come out of that. But one of Hitler's mistakes declaring war on America after the Japanese attacked Pearl Harbor. And that's a look at some of the connections between World War I and how it changed the world 100 years ago as it came to an end. Just want to throw that history out here on a Veterans Day Monday. Hey, we've got to talk about politics. We thought we were done with politics, but no, decision 2018 lingers And now Florida's Secretary of State has ordered a recount in the Senate and gubernatorial races in the Sunshine State. Secretary Ken Detzner issued the order after the unofficial results in both the governor's and Senate races fell within the margin that the law triggers a recount. So we'll see what happens there. Rick Scott trying to hold on to his slim lead over Bill Nelson. And on the Republican governor contestant, Ron DeSantis trying to hold off Democratic Mayor of Florida of Tallahassee. Andrew Gillum recounts there and it's getting very testy as Broward County back in the news with a lot of questions about their vote counting process in Florida not still able to determine a winner for the U.S. Senate race and the governor's race. In Georgia, Stacy Abrams, the Democratic contender for governor there, she's filed a new lawsuit in the race for governor. She filed this on Sunday. She's asking a judge to delay vote certifications in the Peach State in the unsettled governor's race by one day to make officials count any votes that were wrongly rejected. And if her suit is successful, it would prevent officials from certifying county vote totals until Wednesday, and it could restore at least 1,095 votes that weren't counted. The campaign said 1,000 more ballots could be affected. Remember, Brian Kemp, the Republican contender, has already declared victory in this race he should be able to pull this race out but Stacey Abrams not going quietly in the night and we'll find out what the judges and what time shows here in this race in Georgia amazing that in 2018 after we knew what happened in 2000 down in Florida between Bush and Gore that we'd still have vote count discrepancies not only in Georgia not only in Florida We see them out in California, too, right now. There's still some congressional races that happened last week that are very, very close and very, very confusing in what the final count will be. So uh, elections still are, are a confusing thing in some cases. Hey, we have a new candidate for president of the United States in the year 2020, as Richard Ojeda has announced he will run for president. Now, this is the West Virginian who was a state senator and a very vocal state senator in Charleston, West Virginia, and a former U.S. Army officer. And he lost his bid to become a congressman in last week's election in the 3rd Congressional District of West Virginia. And now he's announcing he's going to run. He's already signed his paperwork with the Federal Election Commission, to create the campaign Ojeda for president. And he wants people to come out and join him in the Mountain State, where he lost his congressional vote last week by 12 points to Carol Miller. But it was able to get a big shift, a 31-point shift toward the blue in a district that Trump won by 49 points back in 2016, the biggest swing of Trump voters toward Democrats in any district in the country. So we'll see what happens there. I I'm not familiar with anybody else. It's actually officially announced now that the midterm is over, sorta. i only say that because of what's going on in Florida and Georgia, I haven't I don't have a running list of democratic challengers for president in 2020, but perhaps you do. But yes, Richard Hada, former army officer and a very firebrand state senator in West Virginia now going to rise perhaps from Charleston, West Virginia and the legislative body there to Washington, D.C. as president of the United States. I don't think the odds are too good for him, but who who would have ever guessed Donald Trump would be president either unless you really, really were a true believer, like his wife, our first lady, Melania Trump, said, if you run, you will win. And she was right. Cindy Hyde-Smith, the dim- the Democrat-turned-Republican senator from Mississippi who was appointed by Phil Bryant earlier this year to fill the seat Thad Cochran held. She and Mike Espy are going to be in a runoff later this month, and that will decide who the Senate seat will be from S- Mississippi. Well, she's now in the news for a remark she made about public hangings, and her Democratic opponent in this special runoff is seizing the opportunity to embarrass his opponent. And she says now that she was simply complimenting a supporter when she said, quote, if he invited me to a public hanging, I'd be on the front row. And that was captured on video, and now it's making the rounds of socialist media. And Cindy Hyde-Smith, who said this in Tupelo at a event with Colin Hutchinson, a cattle rancher, who praised her, and she was on video saying, that she would be there on the front row if there was a public hanging going on. Of course, someone on the leftist liberal side of the side of the aisle sees this remark because anything to do with a hanging, especially if you're from Mississippi, is fire water potentially or a, a, a gasoline to pour on the fire would be a better word, and that is what is being used now to assault this republican senator Hyde smith who i don't like to call her Hyde smith i like to call her cindy smith that is her her last name is smith so senator smith has some clarification in the state of mississippi after she's saying things that others are now going to be using against her and we'll just see how far socialist media takes it you might see her Apologizing and/or dropping out of the race—who the heck knows? That's that, that's what some of these knuckleheads on social media have the ability to do if they get on to you enough. Stay away from social media, except we need social media for our hashtag #HuddleBlue, which will be coming up in just a few minutes. Now, I am no detective uh, cluso, and so I'm not totally up on all that goes on in police work these days. But this is an amazing case that now. Prosecutors in the state of Florida have going forward a cold case, and it's all 100% because of DNA. And a woman who was killed in the year 2001, her case was so gruesome. Christina Frank, who was killed back in 2001 near Orlando, Florida, she had so much DNA there, but they didn't have a name that they could attach. But now, thanks to DNA samples from a computer-generated composite of what Christina killers could look like. This thing has now come up with a match. And the Orlando Police Department has now arrested 38-year-old Benjamin L. Holmes with the murder of Christina Frank. Again, this is all based on DNA. I, I didn't know that would, I guess Florida may have different rules than some other states, but I didn't realize you could go forward with a case purely based on DNA alone. I figured you had to have other other things to go along. Perhaps they can get a confession from this guy after he's been locked up for a while. But yeah, I don't necessarily keep up with all the science and technology of law enforcement. But here in Florida, DNA coming through if this man indeed is guilty. He says he's innocent, so we'll have to find out what happens with this case. Also in the Sunshine State, a mother and her seven-year-old son, were left stranded in the Gulf of Mexico after their giant inflatable swan drifted from shore. But thankfully, all is well now. Tara Myers and her son Brennan decided to float on an inflatable swan raft off the shore of Bradenton, Florida. And despite calm weather on the Gulf of Mexico, they still managed to drift a mile offshore and became stranded. And they had to be rescued by the West Manatee Fire Rescue Boat. So, yeah, I've seen the picture. This is a gigantic swan inflatable raft, and it looks like a boat, frankly. I can see where it may have got a little wind behind it and went offshore a mile off the beach of Bradenton, and they ended up being rescued, thankfully. Maybe, perhaps, they had a cell phone. That's good news. All well, that's a good story here. I I have to wonder how long it would take to blow up one of these giant swans. Because if you ever have to blow up a big raft, you, you kind of if you have to do it manually, i.e., your mouth, you don't feel too good the rest of the day. You feel like you've had a hangover if you've ever had a hangover. But luckily, they make these really cool things that will help blow up these things automatically. And this was a huge little raft, and they went out there on the shore and 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 got swept away. But all is well with Miss Myers and Brennan. And that is great news there. But it looks like a lot of fun. I don't think I would want to be doing this on the Gulf of Mexico. Perhaps on an inland lake. Had this gigantic swan. And it's it's white. So I guess that would help in the effort to try to find your swan if you get taken offshore. Oh, man, it's just good to know people are out in the Gulf in October. And you could do that if you're around Bradenton, Destin, Pensacola. Eh, maybe not. But down. And Bradenton, yeah, you probably can go swim your heart out October and November. Tucker Carlson, the Fox News host, he's in the news because he's been caught on video cursing during a bar scuffle, but he says he was simply defending his daughter. This happened in Charlottesville, Virginia, and they were at a club there in Farmington, at the Farmington Country Club in Charlottesville, and a man pretty much followed Tucker Carlson's daughter wondered if she was with him. She said that he, she was his daughter. And the man says something negative and provocative toward Carlson's daughter. Carlson's son then takes a wine glass and he puts uh, wine in the man's face. And the video starts and The eh, it's just an ugly situation. But another example of conservative people being confronted and or assaulted in public. Now, the man who was on the video here, the one that calls this, he's being represented by Michael Avenatti. Old Michael, back in the news. And Michael Avenatti says that his client may pursue criminal charges against Tucker Carlson after this newly released cell phone video showed the Fox News host appearing to threaten him During a scuffle at the bar. So, yeah, more conservatives and more liberals out in public doing things. The man allegedly said to Tucker Carlson's daughter, are you Tucker's wife? And then called her a very nasty word following that. And then the son threw a glass of red wine in in his face and told him to leave the bar, which he soon did. But again, the old cell phone video coming into play here, no telling where this will lead. But Michael Avenatti going to seize the momentum and try to get some attention. In Gaffney, South Carolina, home of the Big Peach and the mythical home of Frank Underwood, President of the United States. Well, that is if you watch the Netflix series, House of Cards. And Oakland Cemetery there in Gaffney has a new gravestone erected to memorialize Frank Underwood. So if you want to go into Gaffney, check it out. The series six and final episode began streaming Friday with Underwood played by Kevin Spacey mysteriously dead. Of course, Spacey got caught up in the me too movement rightfully so. And that shows really been on life support since all that happened. But prior to that, a fantastic Netflix series and really has brought a lot of attention to Gaffney in the upstate of South Carolina. And now, They're in Gaffney. They are, I guess, trying to draw perhaps visitors to the area with a gravestone for Frank Underwood. Rest in peace, Frank Underwood, is what it says. And I was in Gaffney for a couple of days last year. I saw no reference, no mention, anything to the Netflix series, which was a little surprising because there's a lot of people addicted to House of Cards. And it could be big-time tourism boost there in Cherokee County. But I didn't see it last year. Maybe I wasn't looking in the right places. Maybe I didn't go out to the cemetery. And I'm not far from Gaffney right now. So I need to scoot on up I-26 and get on up to I-85 and see what's going on there in the home of the Big Peach. All right. A dumb story to wrap up our headlines from the South. A D-U-M-M story. A man has broken to a home and then got in bed naked with the residents, according to Columbia County Georgia Sheriff's Office. This man broke into the home, rummaged around, and then jumped naked into the bed with the two residents. 29-year-old Christopher Lindner has been arrested on charges, including criminal trespassing. As the sheriff's office says, he broke in last week and jumped into bed with a couple who was watching television. That's good to know. At least they were awake. Could you imagine being asleep and a naked man coming in and getting in your bed with you? It says that they fled the home with Lindner in pursuit. And responding deputies found Lindner lying in a roadway and he fled. Authorities approached again and an aggressive Lindner was pepper sprayed to no effect. Lindner then tried to enter a law enforcement vehicle and was hit with a metal baton and arrested. The report says Lindner admitted to being on methamphetamines. It's unclear if he has a lawyer, but they're in Columbia County near Augusta, Georgia. Christopher Lindner, 29 years old getting into bed naked with a couple of residents after being a little bit high on methamphetamines. Surprise, surprise. And that's our D-U-M candidate for the day. We'll take a break. Hashtag Color Blues up next year on this Veterans Day 2018. We've got some goodies that we want to pass along, including while I'm at Mama's Mama, my mom, just like everybody, just about in the South, I think, She subscribes to something called Southern Living Magazine, and I found the latest Southern Living in in the spirit of Thanksgiving, which is next week. Can you believe that? Yes. Uh, They've got an article here that caught my eye, and I'm going to share a little bit of that along with some other social media fun. That's up next here on The Y'all Show. Talk with a Southern accent. This car I'm
1: driving, I overpaid big time. It was such a mistake. I should have just gone to Carfax.com, but I went to some other site. They gave me a price range? Oh, they were way off. Son of a...
2: Carfax has a better way. When you search used cars at Carfax.com, you get the most accurate price based on the Carfax report, so you never have to overpay on a used car again. Start your used car search today at Carfax.com.
3: Wherever you are this giving season, there's no better way to say Happy Holidays than with custom cards, calendars, and photo gifts from Vistaprint. And right now, you can get 50% off all holiday cards and calendars at vistaprint.com. There are hundreds of our newest card designs to choose from. Or give a year's worth of joy by personalizing calendars full of unforgettable pictures. So get merry. Get jolly. Get 50% off all holiday cards and calendars. Plus, save on other photo gifts at vistaprint.com. Just enter promo code HOLIDAY. That's vistaprint.com promo code HOLIDAY.
1: Well, if you ask me where
4: I come from, here's what I tell
1: everyone. I was born by God's dear grace in an extraordinary
4: place with the stars and stripes
0: and the eagle flies. And welcome back to y'all on Veterans Day with your host, John Rawl. Again, we salute all our veterans past and present here. We love those who serve. Thank you for your dedication to the greatest country in the history of the world. The Y'all Show Thank you. Well, we are on location in a very veteran-friendly state. That would be the state of South Carolina as we're roving the south. I've been in North Carolina. I've been in Tennessee and Georgia and Going to Alabama later this week. Yeah, we're on a mid-November odyssey, and we love doing that. We want to be on a concert odyssey if we can pull that off. And want to thank some great folks that I ran into over the weekend in Charleston, South Carolina. And We met them out on a couple of us. Actually, I better not mention names. I just better mention the group of people because there were various people at various times that all said, Oh, I'm going to subscribe to the Y'all Show, so thank you. All of you folks from all over the Charleston area that we ran into this past weekend when we were in the Holy City getting ready for another week of the Y'all Show. So thank you. And again, you can go to Apple Podcasts. It's a free download. Set it up on your phone and catch up with all things Southern on the Y'all Show. Or if you don't have podcasts, just go to our y'all.com website and you'll see the archives link right there. Y'all.com right there, free of charge. And you can share it. So many fun ways to catch up with the South. Well, here on the Y'all Show, the music's playing. It's hashtag Hullabrew time. And we love our fun that we can find on social media and more. And I even have a traditional media form that I'm going to throw your way here. Something called a magazine. Do y'all remember magazines? Well, I got a magazine called Southern Living in my hand. Thanks to my mama. She had it out. And I said uh, something caught my eye. And I'm going to share with that with you just in a second. And we love magazines, of course, because for eight years, yours truly published, Y'all Magazine, the Magazine of Southern People. You can find copies of that at y'all.com, too. How about that? Well, we start off with a gif here on the hashtag Hullabaloo, and this is a gif of a picture of cornbread and some beans right beside it. And it says, what's your opinion? Do beans go with cornbread? I I can take it or leave it. What do y'all think? Let us know. Hit us up here. Y'all show at you And of course, not the kind of beans that you would find. I guess these would be like a great Northern bean that would go with the cornbread, not black, black eyed peas perhaps, or other things. But do, do you, do beans go with cornbread is the question. And I love cornbread that is just that right size. And I'm sorry, I really prefer circular cornbread. I don't like the Cornbread that looks like it would be a piece of cake, the triangular-shaped cornbread. Give me the little circular cornbread. There's an amazing restaurant not far from where i are out today in the Columbia, South Carolina area. They've got several locations. It's called Lizard's Thicket. And when you go there, you've got your choice of cornbread or rolls or both. And often most people get both. And they have wonderful cornbread at Lizard's Thicket. We need to get Lizard's Ticket to franchise all over the South. That would be great because, honestly, so many places around the South don't have that go-to Southern cooking place. And I just went to Lizard's Ticket on Sunday. I was here with my parents. My mom actually had a little health scare, and we had to go to the clinic, health clinic, hospital-type thing. And they, my mother and father asked if I could go pick up something at lizard's thicket which was right down the road and i did and i got them both bowls of vegetable soup now when mcdonald's and arby's and burger king and taco bell start offering vegetable soup that'll be a great day but i don't think that's coming anytime soon but yes lizard's thicket has wonderful vegetable soup and wonderful cornbread now now vegetable soup and cornbread is a wonderful combo whether beans go with cornbread i'm not i'm not so sure We'll keep our eye on it. Let us know. Let us know what you think here on the Y'all Show. We'd love to hear your take. Now, to a completely goofy and ridiculous gif that I found, but it's just fun. And this is a picture of a little, little tiny baby. A real picture of a real baby. Just a cute little baby on the Y'all Show. And the gif's got some words attached to this pretty picture, this little smiling baby. It says, You didn't really take my nose. And below the picture of the little pretty baby, it says, That's just your thumb. You know the old trick that just about every kid's ever had pulled on them where the guy or woman comes and acts like they steal their nose and it's their thumb? Yeah. Everybody knows what I'm talking about, and that's just a gif that somebody out of complete boredom came up with, and I thought that was pretty funny to see that here on the Y'all Show. Another, this comes from Twitter, from Autumn Elias, and Autumn Elias is a girl in the world, a mama, a nerd, a yogi, a blasphemer, a barbell jockey, a writer of words, student of life. The opposite of war isn't peace, it's creation. Okay. Her Twitter account is at Southern Sun, Autumn Elias. Well, I'm sure we're going to get pretty philosophical with this one. But her tweet is, hmm, Dell Jr. on Rogan. And I don't know who Rogan is, so I'm going to tell you who Rogan is in a second. A fine southern drawl, that man, is what she says about Dale Jr. Dale Jr. would be Dale Earnhardt Jr. on Rogan. Well, I know who. I think I know who Josh Rogan, isn't that a singer? Well, actually, the Rogan she's talking about is Joe Rogan. And Joe Rogan is a stand-up comic, a mixed martial artist, and a psychedelic adventurer, host of the Joe Rogan Experience. So he's a nationally known guy. He's got four and a half million Twitter followers, that Joe Rogan guy. At Joe Rogan, by the way, on Twitter. So yeah, the Joe Rogan experience is a show, and Dell Jr. was recently on there, and Autumn caught it, and she loved that Southern drawl. So now we know more about Dell Earnhardt Jr., and we know more about Joe Rogan. I don't think Joe's from the South, but a lot of people evidently in Dixie must listen or watch Rogan's show, The Joe Rogan Experience. Now, from Twitter and Facebook gifs to something called a printed magazine. I I got it here in my hand. You hear it? Yeah, right here. It's the brand new issue of Southern Living, the all-Thanksgiving issue. And the pies on the front of this caught my attention. And they've got these pies with the words, the South's best pies we couldn't let that pass up okay we had to as we're here in the powell meadow state lexington county south carolina to be exact talk about pies and this article written by hannah hayes is titled old faithfuls and we're gonna give you what she wrote just to kind of the highlights go you can go pick up a copy of this on your own all over dixie and learn more about pies and thanksgiving but the first one is the Buxton Hall Ultimate Apple Pie from Asheville, North Carolina. And I have not heard of Buxton Hall, but this apple pie that I see here, featured by the person that made it, Ashley Caps, is scrumptious looking. They have the recipe for this, the, the flaky pie dough, as well as the filling, and the ingredients, a lot of ingredients. You better make sure you have it all written down properly if you want to have a Buxton Hall Ultimate Apple Pie for Thanksgiving. Remember, that's just in a couple of days. (laughs) Word to the wise, be prepared. Another pie from Dixie to tell you about, not all that far from Asheville. In Savannah, Georgia, you'll find, back in the day, Bakery Southern Pumpkin Pie. And that is from the coast of Georgia. Cheryl Day is with that eatery, and you can get the recipe for an extra flaky crust on the back in the day bakery, Southern Pumpkin Pie. A great-looking pumpkin pie. I don't want pumpkin pie, personally, unless it is Thanksgiving time. And beyond that, I could, I could live without them. But yes, well, it's time for a pumpkin pie, Johnny. <laughs> and that's coming up next week. Next Thursday is Thanksgiving. I say again, next Thursday is thanksgiving and the last pie in the south's best pies from the new issue of southern living comes from palestine texas right beside houston the oxbow bakery pecan pie and i'm only saying that because i'm in south carolina which is how you pronounce that p-e-c-a-n word not pecan and i got harassed by one of our affiliates on friday for saying pecan on the air and i'll not say it again pecan it's pecan pie in this part of the world now if i were West of the Chattahoochee River, in Alabama, in Tennessee, or half of Tennessee, or in Mississippi, or beyond, it would be pecan. So, okay, since this is from Palestine, Texas, let me go ahead and say it like they'd say it there. In Palestine, Texas, get the Oxbow Bakery pecan pie. And they got the recipe for that in this new issue of Y'all Too. So some good stuff, yummy stuff here on a Monday, Veterans Day Monday, to share with you. Well, that will wrap up our hashtag Hullabaloo. Hopefully you enjoyed that. When we come back, we're going to blast back to last Monday's show. We've got a business report to get to, and then in hour two, we'll have an encore of our hour two from last Monday on the Y'all Show. I'm going to go celebrate Veterans Day. I want you to go celebrate Veterans Day, but only after you continue listening to the rest of today's Y'all Show. We'll be back here with an all-new show on Tuesday. Have a great Veterans Day. And, again, thank you to all of our veterans past and present. This is the Y'all Show with John Rawl. Talk with us Southern X.
4: Get ready, set, go.
0: Gonna take it to the crystal and a picture show. Well, the sky's the limit, there's
1: no price too high. Baby, you're the apple of my eye. Got my paycheck in my pocket, and some gas in the tank. Party, you love
4: better than money in the bank.
0: Yeah, we could all use a little bit more money in the bank. Thank you, John Anderson here. This is the Y'all Show with John Rawl, and it's our Y'all Street Business business Report. report. What's going on across Dixie? Who's making the money? What can you do to make more money? And what are our businesses that are out there that are doing well? What what can we tell you about them here on the Y'all Show? Well, let's start with Amazon. Remember, Amazon's supposed to start their... Second headquarters at some point and you've had places all over the country trying to kiss up to them offer from all kind of incentives well Amazon led by Texan Jeff Bezos is reportedly in the advanced stages of naming Crystal City, Virginia as its second headquarters this coming from the Washington Post and I don't know what this means by the advanced stages, but that's what it's called there This would be in Northern Virginia And Crystal City, Dallas, and New York City are all said to be in the mix as the retail giant closes in on a self-imposed deadline to make the closely watched decision. So does Jeff Bezos want to go hang out in the suburbs of Washington, D.C.? Does he want to go to New York City all the time, or does he want to be in Dallas? I think I'd rather go to Dallas, especially since he grew up in Texas. But they're in the advanced stages and trying to figure out where they want to set up their second outpost. That's going to be a big story wherever that ends up being. But politically, maybe not a bad idea to have your second headquarters outside the nation's capital. They've declined to respond to a comment about the location of their headquarters, but look for them to come up with that pretty soon. I'm sure investors really, really want to know, Some of the cities that are in the running still for the second headquarters include Atlanta, Austin, Dallas. You also have Miami, Nashville's in the mix, as well as Montgomery County, Maryland. And Northern Virginia, as we just talked about, is in that mix. You have Raleigh and Washington, D.C. There's no way they could put their second headquarters in Washington, D.C., could they? Well, I guess they're not going to be making anything. They're probably not going to have a huge hub there. Probably more of a symbolic gesture than anything. So maybe they will put it in DC. But looks like they've got a couple of places right there in DC in mind for their second headquarters. Not looking good for some of our southern cities. Like we said, Raleigh's in the mix. You also have Austin, Atlanta, and Nashville's there too. So be good for any of our southern cities to, to get Amazon's second headquarters. One industry that we don't talk a lot about here on the show, because frankly, I'm scared to go back on one. I've been on one, and it was not the best of experiences. But cruise lines, do you like the cruise? Well, cruise lines are doing really well from a ticketing standpoint. And Royal Caribbean has invested $250 million in the newly launched Terminal A at Port Miami. And they're having more and more ships come in and out of Port Miami. And I know New Orleans has them. I think Gulfport, Mississippi has cruise ships now, too. And they've started to build out terminals, these cruise lines. And unfortunately, this is something that could affect cruise bookings. Royal Caribbean CEO Richard Fain acknowledged that trade tensions could alter the number of ticket sales and some of the deals worked out between these countries that they go dock in. Thanks to the new terminal in Miami... Royal Caribbean says its bookings are expected to rise from 750000 to $1.8 million over the course of the next year. Also, Norwegian Cruises has broken ground in a terminal in Port Miami, and that is expected to be fully operational by February 2020. So go get on a cruise, making it quite easy for you. And big business, as we see. A lot of people in the south... Love to hop on those cruise ships. Luckily for us here in the South, we don't have to automatically fly to Miami to catch a cruise ship. For most Southerners, it might be a long haul in a car, but you can still get there. And that's good news compared to the rest of the country that definitely has to probably fly and then get get on a boat, a big old boat, after being in the airplane for a while. Applebee's is doing well. This company that started in Georgia back in 1980. It's turning its business around, and it has cheap cocktails to thank as part of the reason that they're seeing an increase in sales. Applebee's cheap cocktails are driving massive traffic to its restaurant. They offer the dollar cocktail. I don't know what exactly that is, but that's what they say is helping bring people into Applebee's around the south and around the country. The company has had four consecutive quarters of positive same-store sales growth since initiating this strategy. And the stock for the parent company, Dine Brands, is up more than 70% since January. It's been a record-setting year for Applebee's, and they're showing no signs of slowing down. Good news there. Unfortunately, I've been in several towns in the South recently where Applebee's has gone out of business. And I know I liked Applebee's as a good option every now and then, and and I kind of miss them. I hope they come back. Starting in 2017, the company began a campaign for Offering a dollar margaritas, dubbed Dollaritas, to help bring in younger diners. And those don't, young, younger diners may not normally go to a place like Applebee's. But they also did monthly drink promotions like its Halloween-themed dollar zombie drink. Which was garnished with a gummy brain. <laughs> that's disgusting. <laughs> but give them credit for, for trying. Yeah, if you have a business that's not doing so good, you got to put your head... In the game and try to come up with a way of making money and that's what Applebee's appears to be doing. The company plans to have delivery available at a thousand restaurants by the end of 2018. There's another creative thing they're doing. Delivery. Applebee's delivery. I, I'll, I love some of our delivery options especially the bags they bring it in the boxes and stuff. That's call me goofy but it's kind of neat to see some places the way they they bring it to you. Finally, to Charlotte, North Carolina, and the bank that's based out of there, Bank of America. They're going to give employees making $100,000 or less in annual compensation a one-time cash bonus of $1,000. And cash bonuses will be awarded in the first quarter of 2019. Employees making between $100,000 and $350,000 in annual compensation will receive between 200 and 500 restricted stock units. In the first quarter of 2019, stock awards will be determined based on a compensation tier. Bank of America estimates the incentives will cover about 95% of its roughly 292,000 209, employees around the globe. Had a boy or at a girl? B of A for awarding bonuses and other incentives to 95% of your employees. Good job. Hey. Bank of America, let me get my resume into you right now. Would love to get my couple thousand dollars bonus or some stock or whatever the case may be. Well, that will conclude our Y'all Street Business Report for the week. When we come back in hour two, we'll start with a recap of the weekend and sports, both from the NFL and college football. We've got the latest AP rankings for college football to tell you about. And we'll hear from Jerry Short to tell our tales from Taco Polo. That's all in hour two. Of the Y'all Show with John Rawl. Talk with a Southern accent.
1: This car I'm driving, I overpaid big time. It was such a <laughs> mistake. I should have just gone to Carfax.com, but I went to some other site. They gave me a price range. Oh, they were way off. Son of a...
2: Carfax has a better way. When you search used cars at Carfax.com, you get the most accurate price based on the Carfax report, so you never have to overpay on a used car again. Start your used car search today at Carfax.com.
5: Credit products are made by WebBank. Rates and terms vary based on credit history. Amazon is not a sponsor of this promotion. Other restrictions apply. See website for details.
1: How did I get into credit card debt? A trip to the emergency room.
4: Car repairs. (laughs) Ugh. (sighs)
5: Ugh. <laughs> And now Avant will also give you a $50 Amazon.com gift card after your first payment is made on time. To check your loan options and to get this special radio offer, go to Avant.com today and enter promo code 4646 when applying. That's A-V-A-N-T dot promo code 4646. Avant.com code 4646.
3: Wherever you are this giving season, there's no better way to say Happy Holidays than with custom cards, calendars, and photo gifts from Vistaprint. And right now, you can get 50% off all holiday cards and calendars at vistaprint.com. There are hundreds of our newest card designs to choose from. Or give a year's worth of joy by personalizing calendars full of unforgettable pictures. So get merry. Get jolly. Get 50% off all holiday cards and calendars. Plus, save on other photo gifts at vistaprint.com. Just enter promo code HOLIDAY. That's vistaprint.com promo code HOLIDAY.
0: hour two of the monday y'all welcome back to this all southern show with your host john raw we've got the teller of tales from takapola way coming at you in just a few minutes and he's got some good stuff in fact uh word is he's going to talk a little politics with us here as we've got the big election day going on tomorrow and i'm sure many of you listening have already done your early voting done your patriotic duty so thank you for doing that and for tuning us in which is also a very patriotic thing to do to listen to the y'all show with john Rawl. all right we're going to do our weekend review in sports now to start out hour two on a monday and we start off with college football and what i'm going to call saturday was missed opportunity saturday for some teams and i'm looking at you lsu and i'm looking at you kentucky because these two programs both had an opportunity to make a statement and they blew it. They blew their chance. LSU, you got shut out by Alabama. I know you want to compete for a national championship, but you can't score on Alabama for some reason at home. I think it's been a couple of years since they've scored a point or something like that. I, I, know, I know they've just had some frustrating losses to Alabama. So there you have it, Coach O. I was hoping for at least a competitive game. Alabama, are they just that good? Well, they must be because they're the number one team again with all 60 of your number one votes in the AP poll. Alabama followed by Clemson. Clemson looked very good once again, demolishing Louisville. Bobby Petrino, what has gone on with his program. Yeah, 77 to 16 was that final. They almost got 80. I still remember the biggest number of points I think Clemson's ever scored. I was a kid, and I'll never forget. They beat Wake Forest in the nineteen eighty one magical season that they had and they got a national championship. They won like eighty two to fourteen or something like that. And I remember I I actually attended my very first college football game on that day. And I remember coming back from that game walking in the parking lot and somebody said, Clemson just got eighty something points against Wake Forest or I don't even remember I don't even know if I knew what, what a Wake Forest was at that age, but I, I just felt 80 points is a lot of points in a ballgame. Clemson nearly pulled it off again against an ACC team in Louisville, a team that was very good just two years ago, three years ago. One of the best teams in college football for a while. The wheels have fallen off for Bobby Petrino. Some say he may end up back at Western Kentucky, which he did a good job there. All right, And the AP poll, poll after the Tigers, you've got Notre Dame. Notre Dame stays at number three. Moving up, though, because of the LSU Tigers' demise, no surprise here, Michigan. Did Michigan look impressive And their home win against Penn State? You betcha. You betcha there, Mr. Mister Yankee. it sure did. Go Big Blue. Is that what they say? Or did they just say Go Blue? Sorry. I apologize, Kentucky fans. You're Big Blue, and I think Michigan says something like Go Blue. Okay, sorry, enough Big Ten talk. Georgia is number five in the AP poll, followed by Oklahoma. Big win for them in Texas Tech country this past weekend. West Virginia may have had the most thrilling win of anybody this weekend with a almost uh, walk-off touchdown against Texas in Austin. And the Mountaineers, with a lot of guts, Dana Holgerson's team decided to go for two. They actually got a two-point conversion on two occasions back-to-back because the first time, Texas pulled a little timeout action, that was a successful PAT. But the, the refs said no, no, no. They called the timeout, so they had to do it again, and they pulled it off again. Awesome job there by West Virginia, and they're seven and one. And if West Virginia keeps winning, if Oklahoma keeps winning, and they face off in the Big 12 championship, I think one of those has a real chance to play in the college football playoff. So Big 12 fans, you've still got a lot to go f- play for right now. What what could hurt West Virginia? Remember they had a game scheduled with NC State that got canceled because of Hurricane Florence. So right now West Virginia is only seven and one in the country, and that missing that extra game could end up being a very big problem for them. But right now number seven. Be interesting to see if they'll be that number or higher in the CFP reveal Tuesday night. Ohio State is at number eight. LSU drops five spots to number nine in the AP poll. And the Washington State Cougars with another win. They're 8-1 and in the Palouse, and they are in the top 10 again this week. Other teams in the South that are in the top 25, UCF 8-0, and they are ranked 11. They dropped two spots this week, even though they got a win. Kentucky is at number 12. They dropped a spot after their loss to Georgia. The Texas Longhorns remain at 15 in the AP poll. Mississippi State moves up to Three spots to 18 after a big home win over Louisiana Tech. The Gators of Florida dropped six spots to 19 after a shellacking at home to the hands of the Missouri Tigers. Also from the south, the NC State Wolfpack are back in the poll at number 22. And that'll wrap up your southern teams in the top 25 poll. The rest are all from the Big Ten or Big 12 like Iowa State's at number 23. They're having a pretty good season there and aims at 5-3 and three overall for the Cyclones right now. Standings-wise, the ACC is still yet to be determined. Clemson's got a big game on the road Saturday. It's actually the best game going this weekend in all of college football. Clemson goes to Boston College, and BC is 7-2 and two overall, but BC's only lost one game in the conference. They're 4-1. and one. Clemson that's 6-0, and, oh, and if BC can somehow pull the upset... Look for the Eagles to maybe punch their ticket to the ACC championship from the Atlantic Division. Now, the, wet, the the coastal division of the ACC is even more of a mess. The Pitt Panthers have the best record. They're 4-1, and one, followed by Virginia. Virginia lost a game that they should not have lost this past weekend. And now the Cavaliers sit back with a 4-2 mark. As that aforementioned Pitt Panther team went to Charlottesville last week and defeated them in a big game. So, good job there by Pitt. The other teams in the ACC Coastal will include Virginia Tech at 3-2 and two, and Georgia Tech with a good win over the weekend. They're at 3-3. Three and three. They went on the road and won at UNC. So that is what's going on in the ACC. As far as the SEC, we know that Georgia and Alabama are heading to Atlanta. That was determined over the weekend. Sunbelt Conference, it's a race between Troy and Georgia Southern. The Trojans are 5-0. and oh, Georgia Southern is 4-1 and one in the conference. Those two teams square off this weekend. It's going to be a great game in the Sunbelt East Division between the Trojans and the Eagles. And the Eagles got shellacked this past weekend when they went to Arkansas State, but now returning home to face off against a very good Troy team that already defeated Nebraska this year. That'll be a fun game to watch in the Sunbelt Conference this weekend. Now to the NFL and Sunday's recap of action the Bears demolished the Buffalo Bills 41-9. to The Browns lost another one as the Chiefs won in Cleveland 37-21. The Dolphins got past New York Jets 13-6. Minnesota over Detroit. Atlanta won in a big way against the Redskins 38-14. The Panthers all over Tampa Bay 42-28. Steelers topped the Ravens. The Houston Texans win again 19-17 over Denver. The Los Angeles Chargers won at Seattle 25-17. And then the Saints in the late game on Sunday defeated the Rams 45-35, giving the Rams their first loss of the year. So congratulations, 72 Dolphins. You still have the only perfect record in all of NFL history. And then on the Sunday night game, the New England Patriots, 31-17 over Aaron Rodgers and the Green Bay Packers. Tonight's game features the Tennessee Titans in Arlington to take on the Dallas Cowboys. The NASCAR circuit, Kevin Harvick wins at Texas on Sunday, and he goes on to the playoff final race coming up in two weeks. They'll be in Phoenix this week, and then they'll conclude at Homestead the week after that. And in the world of golf, how about the season and year that Bryson DeChambeau is having? Well, season-wise, he's one for one. They just had their first tournament over the weekend in Las Vegas, but this marked the fourth tournament the former SMU golfer has won in the calendar year of 2018, And he picked up a $1.3 million paycheck after he won in Vegas over the weekend. And he won because he got an eagle on the 16th hole. He put it in from 60 feet off the fringe and got a dramatic win. And this great golfer who does golf his own way, once again, getting a victory to start the 2018-19 season of the PGA Tour. Congratulations, Bryson DeChambeau. That's a rewind of the weekend in sports here on the Y'all Show. Hope you enjoyed that. When we come back, Jerry Short, the teller of tales from Takapola, well, he always has good stuff to talk about, but I know politics is on his mind as we've got a big election day happening within 24 hours, and he'll tell you his unique perspective, his deep-fried perspective on politics and elections. When we come back to the Y'all Show, talk with a Southern accent.
1: This car I'm driving, I overpaid big time. It was such a mistake. I should have just gone to Carfax.com, but I went to some other site. They gave me a price range? Oh, they were way off. Son of a...
2: Carfax has a better way. When you search used cars at Carfax.com, you get the most accurate price based on the Carfax report, so you never have to overpay on a used car again. Start your used car search today at Carfax.com.
3: Wherever you are this giving season, there's no better way to say Happy Holidays than with custom cards, calendars, and photo gifts from Vistaprint. And right now, you can get 50% off all holiday cards and calendars at vistaprint.com. There are hundreds of our newest card designs to choose from. Or give a year's worth of joy by personalizing calendars full of unforgettable pictures. So get merry. Get jolly. Get 50% off all holiday cards and calendars. Plus, save on other photo gifts at vistaprint.com. Just enter promo code HOLIDAY. That's vistaprint.com promo code HOLIDAY.
0: Welcome back to y'all talk with a Southern accent with John Rawl. And of course on Mondays, we do our little ride down memory lane with Jerry short, the teller of tales from Takapola, Pola. And we're back to talk to Jerry right now on the eve of a huge election. And Jerry, I, I know we yeah. want to talk about what's going to happen tomorrow. And get your early predictions. I know I'm ready to go to Vegas with what you say. Well,
4: um, I may have to make my mind up while we discuss this <laughs> because it's so close. It's too close to call, I think. Yeah, but that's it,
0: the way it's supposed to be.
4: It's really got me worried. But first of all, when you said reminiscing and getting back with a reminiscer,
0: well, you know, what kind of
4: goes around comes around. I was thinking about that before we, before we got into our conversation. And, uh, I'd, I'd like to just kind of relate this, uh, story that kind of came back to haunt me. Oh, uh, this week. Oh, okay. Uh, back in, uh, oh gosh, back in the 80s um, at the uh, academy that I helped a lot, I went to a, um, went to Birmingham to a basketball clinic with uh, some of the best coaches in the country. You know, John Wooden was even there. And I uh, had the guy from Tennessee then who was DeVoe. And, and uh, I think no one was at DeVoe. So uh, anyway – I remember he had four to score, which is what he talked about. That was before the shot clock, and you could move the ball around. But that, that wasn't my point. My point went up. We left after a football game on Friday night, and we stopped off on our way to Birmingham at a guy that was a coach in uh, Starville, and he had a um he had a dairy farm. So we spent the night in his bunkhouse, and he had also had a big old long, wore out, pasture driven suburban. And we rode in it because we were going to pick another coach up over in Columbus on our way to uh, Birmingham. So we were, we had a full load in the suburban and at night after the uh, lectures all day, we went for a relaxation up the, uh, up the top of the mountain in Birmingham. Mm-hmm. It was hail downtown in Birmingham at the Civic Center. And, um, so we went uptown and, uh, up the top of the mountain. And on the way back down the mountain, we had a coach that was later a head head basketball coach in the a female coach in the SEC at a school, and was assisted at two other schools in the Southeastern Conference. Had played college basketball and played college baseball, and a real tough guy. He didn't want to show any fear at all. So we started coming down that thing. I don't know if you ever saw Bullet with Steve McQueen. But as, as you start down that mountain coming off of Iron Mountain going down to the bottom down to, into Birmingham, they've got cross things there by uh, the hospital, Vince, St. Vincent's Hospital. Yeah. They have crossroads that come through there and then you go down a road and you can hit these crossroads and we come down that thing wide open at night pretty late. As we come down it, we'd hit one of those roads in the middle and that car would just flatten out and go boom and sparks would fly out your back. And I was sitting right side back, and I could see this coach, and I won't mention his name, but he was he was hanging on to the doorknob and the door handle so hard that he had white knuckles, but he wouldn't, he wouldn't dare show any pride at all. So I always wanted to be like him, and as we did that seven, eight times, when we got to the bottom, I think his knees almost collapsed when he got out of the suburban. I know we went off a different way, and he sure was glad as me and him went off. He said, I'll never make that right again, but he didn't say it was scary. So this week I was working out on my farm and I got my pickup in a bad situation and couldn't get it out and I called on
0: And you have this a big guy. pickup.
4: I've got a two fifty F two fifty four diesel.
0: I mean you almost and have to have a stepladder to get up into it as a as a grown man.
4: Yeah, you really do. And you needed you needed an el you needed an elevator, I had it in such a situation. As I was going up a high hill, it's it it was kind of wet. It had come on misty rain, and I was hauling gates and hauling posts and stuff. And it slid with me onto the side, and it got in a situation where you couldn't use four-wheel drive. You couldn't use anything. It was in a situation where it wouldn't move. I couldn't even get out of my doors because they were against pine trees. So I had to crawl out the other side, go around, and cut the pine trees. Then it almost slid over on me, but it didn't. And I kept on cutting them, and I cut them behind me where I could try to back down the hill. Well, somehow I got my tie rod caught in between two stumps that I had cut. So I couldn't go forward, and I couldn't go backwards, and I was trapped. I called a friend of mine from another town 40 miles away. I said, come pull me out. I'm stuck, and it won't be too much longer to dark. Well, he came down, and he was pulling me out, and he couldn't do it. And we couldn't pull across that stump. It wasn't a big stump, you know, about an eight-inch pine tree stump. Oh my god. So anyway, we, um, we started home, and it was about dark, and it started to rain again. As he turned around, I said, "Turn your headlights on." He said, "Oh my gosh, I forgot this old truck I brought. He brought an old Dually Ram, low one, to pull me out because it had more power. Mm-hmm. And it had a four-wheel drive, and had a four in the floor or a five in the floor." And he was going to pull me out, and he didn't, it wasn't able to. Do it. So we didn't have headlights. And we had forty miles to go, <laughs> and it was we, dark. I, it was dark, and it was raining, and I, it was starting to rain, drizzling. I said, hey, "Just take the time. If, if we go ten miles an hour, just get there, and be fine with me." But this guy has got a habit, and I didn't, I didn't really realize or even think about it. He drives sixty miles an hour in some of the. He'd drive Pikes Peak. At night, 60 miles an hour. And I thought, goodness gracious, after we started, I am in serious trouble. All I could look and see is one little old old line to the right, and I would say, back to the left. Back to the left. You're dropping off the right. I checked about five mailboxes on the way to make sure they didn't have any mail left in them from the day we were so close. His mirror clip one, his, his West Coast side mirrors. They clipped one. They almost clipped a bridge. I rolled my window up and put my arm back in because I could just see the hide coming off it. It's an next bridge. Then he gets a phone call and he stopped. You know, this is like what goes around, comes around. I laughed at coach for what he did. And we stopped in the middle of the road at night and S curve in high heel country, you know, about 400 foot elevation, dropping down to 200 in the lake bottom and he stopped on the hillside and he's checking his phone. And I said, "Hey, you're in the wrong. You're in the, you're in the north. You're in the southbound lane. And we're going north." <clears throat> oh, I can't see. I didn't know where I was. Oh, and he pulled over, and he got in the other lane, and we went on down the hill. He's making the call, going down the hill, went off the road three or four times. I could just feel him whipping, whip back up. I didn't know he had his dog, and he's got a little old white dog.
3: A little white <laughs> dog was
4: in, it and I put my hand down beside between me and him, and I was going to grab the seat as hard as I could and see if I could get some white knuckles on my left hand. And that dog and dog bit me on the arm till it bled. No way. And, yes. I did, I What's promise. the
0: dog's name?
4: Uh, I don't know. Uh, my wife might know.
2: I don't know. <laughs> and
4: I don't – look, the dog was so, so, so confused that he went to make the shift right after that in his four-wheel drive, which, by the way – it wouldn't come out of uh, four-wheel drive, and we were flipping RPMs at about 6,000. We should have been doing about 2,500 RPMs. Up. And he went to shift, and uh, the dog bit him on the hand <laughs> <laughs> as he grabbed, grabbed the shift to shift. So we made it on into another little bitty town, and just as we rolled through this other little town, what, it, what the lights would do, they would come on maybe for like, five seconds and then they would go off for like four minutes and as a cop was going in a, in a cafe he looked around at us and we come up to the stop sign and he saw and the lights come on at that second i was hoping he'd see us so you he'd were, pull us over
0: yeah you were wanting so, to get pulled over i was wanting
4: to get pulled over but he didn't see us so we made it through that and we pulled on out and we finally got on a decent highway we got out of that out of that hill country around the back of that reservoir and as we got in that tank, going on the main highway, a trailer truck was coming. A eighteen a wheeler was coming northbound. And we were going northbound. He pulled out in front of the dog gun thing and he got out. The guy got out on his horn, and like to blew us off the road. Went around us, and he was doing seventy or seventy-five. And I said, please, please don't do this. Don't. I know what you're doing. He got right behind it. He got on top of his tail lights. I said, I know you're following those taillights at 70 miles an hour, but I'd lost rather get home at 10 miles an hour. And I said, and I wouldn't show fear, but I said, you know, left, right, left, right, keeping him off of that white line on the right. I finally told him, said, keep your caution lights on. I can see a little bit every now And they were real dim, but I could see a little bit. And then he cut his headlights on just as he was ran off the road. And I said, left. And then he smeared the whole windshield up. And he almost hit another headbound car in the southbound one. So uh, we kept going on up the highway and we got we were getting pretty close to where I was gonna get out of town. I was gonna get out of And I said, Look, tell you what you do. Stop down here at this place down we we'll we come into town to the service station. I'll walk home. Well it was gonna be about a two mile walk, but I did not care. I was ready for a two mile walk if that's what it took to get me out of that truck alive. Oh no, he whipped in there. And he kept going, and we rolled into downtown. He said, I'm all right here. This is my hometown, small town, 3,500 people. I'm not worried about it. He said, law won't do a thing to me right here. (laughs) So he said, here we go, busting around it. We went straight through downtown doing 45 miles an hour, but you have no business going 45 miles an hour in the middle of the daytime on Sunday morning. Mm. And we went straight through downtown, and he carried me. He was gonna take me home, and he missed the first turn. And I said, "Hold up, you just missed that turn to go up to my house. It's high on a hill." And he threw it in reverse and backed up, never looked behind him, back straight back. And it was Halloween night. Saw kids on the side. I said, "Look, uh, there's kids that they're, they're still trick or treating. I mean, it's 8:30, but some are still out of here." And please, you know, I, I pleaded with him, but he took me home, and and he went on home, and he called me, but. I can't wait to see that coach and tell him, hey, what goes around goes around because I squeezed my hands till they bled. They didn't turn white knuckly. They bled. Mm. And uh, when I see coach, I, and he lives in Alabama now, but I don't get to see him often, often, when, when I see him, I am going to apologize for ever laughing at what he went through when we come down Iron Mountain, you know, in Birmingham but. Mm. You know, always keep that in mind now. What what you do may come back to bite you.
0: Did you know if your friend made it home in that truck with no light? Yes,
4: I had him call me, and he said it was raining hard when I got here. I backed in the carport with this old truck. I didn't take it to the barn, and I made it in the house. And he's been kind of sick, and I was worried about that also. <laughs>
0: he might have rabies, and so you, so do you from that dog bite.
4: <laughs> yeah, I think I do because that thing's been itching all day. But, Anyway, that was uh, that was one of those. Be careful what you say because it may come back to bite you, literally.
0: <laughs> no kidding. No kidding. Fido got a piece of you on Fido a cra- crazy ride in huh? Takapola country with Jerry Short. Hey, when you talk to Jerry, you just never know what you're going to find out. Well, we're not done talking with Jerry. As we said, tomorrow is a big day across the country and especially across the south of election 2018 the midterm and we'll get jerry's take on that and go back in history of the political landscape of the south and what jerry's thoughts on that is this is the y'all show talk with a southern accent as we will continue our tales from tachapola
3: At Ulta Beauty, the holidays are all about letting your inner glam shine through at every occasion. So whether you're getting ready to show them who's boss at the office party with pink and berry shades from Urban Decay's new Naked Cherry Palette, or you're getting ready for a mistletoe moment with colorful, kissable lip kits from brands like Tarte, ColourPop, and Anastasia, Ulta Beauty is here to help you shine brighter all season long, from Friendsgiving to New Year's Eve. Get ready to gift. Get ready to glam. Get ready to shine brighter. Only at Ulta Beauty. The possibilities are beautiful.
1: The natural habitat of a creepy doll is a horror movie. It can't help being creepy. It's that small fixed smile and those never-closing eyes. Always watching you, plotting, which you're imagining. It's mindless. But when the creepy doll hears that Geico not only saves people money, but also gives them easy access to emergency roadside service through an award-winning app, it knows you should switch. Because yes, switching to Geico is a no-brainer. The only question is, how did the creepy doll move from the bedroom to the hallway? I would get out of the house.
5: Are you putting your retirement savings in a 401k, IRA, or investment account? Then I have one word of advice. Stop. to take back control of your money and finances, and it gives you penalty-free access to your savings. Plus, it beats the pants off any 401k or IRA. These are uncertain times, so get the information you need today to guarantee your retirement security. To get this free report, go to bankonyourself.com right now. That's bankonyourself.com. Bankonyourself.com.
1: Woo! Let's get crazy!
2: In movies, when someone at a party jumps into a pool fully dressed, everyone cheers them on and jumps in, too. Just so you know, in real-life parties, nobody jumps in after you. You just look stupid.
5: Come on, jump in. Come on.
2: Most party fouls are pretty dumb, but if you decide to drink and drive underage, you could lose your license and your freedom. Learn more at ultimatepartyfoul.org. Brought to you by the National Highway Traffic Safety Administration and the Ad Council.
0: back we are on the y'all show talk with a southern accent our number is 803-816-1170 and you can find us on the world wide web at y'all.com with john raw this is the show all about the south and we have the teller of tales from takapola jerry short with us now and jerry happy election 2018 to you sir oh
4: boy i hope i can say happy election about uh tuesday night at this time if i I'm a little bit worried. I'm concerned. Uh, You know, I don't really want to get real political, but uh, obviously I'm uh, leaning Republican Party 150%. Yeah. And, you know, I was thinking the other day, we were also Democrat in the South. So how did we switch to the Republican Party, which it was over a long period of time, but it seemed like it was overnight because... I remember the night that my family did. We were in Memphis watching the uh, Republican, I mean, the Democratic Convention from Los Angeles that year. What year?
0: 1960.
4: Oh, the one that Kennedy was Mm -hmm. nominated. Mr. Kennedy was from Los Angeles and had Mr. Lyndon Baines Johnson, I think, hanging on his coattail. And and, uh, Kennedy was nominated on that last day of the convention because that was the day we were there watching on TV. Third ballot, I believe, if I go back and forth. But anyway, I was at my cousin's house and his family, and we were all there. And, and when they nominated Kennedy, you know, boy, you know, I, I, at the time in 1960, I was 14. And at the time I could, I
2: saw,
4: you know, they, their faces just, boy, just round and they said, this is it. This is the last time we will ever vote Democrat. And I didn't understand, really, what the situation was because we'd always, everybody was so political back then. We'd have political rallies in the park. We'd have political rallies everywhere. Our grandparents, that's all they thought was politics. And, yeah, but and wasn't it
0: wasn't it in the South pretty much just Democrat, though?
4: It was like 100%. I'll tell you, I was living in a town with up to 4,000 people, and I only think we had one Republican family. And that family uh in nineteen sixty. That gentleman was the postmaster who I would assume got that position, although he was well off and he was kind of rich and he was a friend of uh uh the Waltons that founded uh, Walmart. And he uh, he was he was a postmaster, but he had a five a Franklin five and dime ten cents store also and had plenty of other money from other directions but he was the postmaster, and we'd go by, and I'd say, "Do you know Mister So and So? He's he's a Republican."
0: And you'd kind of say that under your breath, like, <laughs> you know, "He's a Republican." Yeah, some people might still do that in the South. Yeah, I know what they do. I think some people say
4: it out too loud, too also. But anyway, we would we would do that, and and I and I, I know that really, when they changed over, I didn't know which direction they were going, and so. And they did, you know, we had a lot of problems then. And I wouldn't say problems. Let me rephrase that. We had a lot of situations because a Catholic had never been president of the United States, especially one from Massachusetts.
5: Mm-hmm.
4: You know, so it wasn't brought up that night when we said we were going to vote Democrat forever. I don't know if it was because he was such a Yankee from Massachusetts
5: mm-hmm.
4: or what the situation was. But I know uh, uh, Kennedy he had, later on, he had a, But uh, right after that, maybe the next day or two after he was nominated, he gave a speech that, uh, you know, he would not go by what the Pope said, he would do what the Constitution said. And he was convincing people and bringing them across, which he pretty much, we were so Democrat then that he carried predominantly all the South except, uh, I hate to say this, but, Mississippi and Alabama, and the reason I hate to say it, there was a bird that carried Mississippi.
0: <laughs> Not an animal bird, a guy by the last name of yeah. Bird.
4: A Mr. Bird. Yeah. And I don't remember his first name, but uh, he was the governor no, of carried- Mississippi.
0: That's right, he was when He was the governor of Mississippi, <laughs> and his running mate was the governor, I think, or no, he was the past governor of South Carolina, and I think the current senator of that state, Strom Thurmond. Now
4: this, oh, that's right. That they were. Thurman was a Dixie Dixiecrat. You know, we had that in, situation in 48, in forty-eight. But in
0: sixty-eight, in sixty, Thurman creeps back into the conversation mm-hmm. as a running mate back. of this bird guy from Mississippi, it, who's it, it bird slash it. Thurman, and they carried was, Mississippi, mm-hmm. and they got a bunch of votes in Alabama. Probably that helped.
4: Fielding, that was Fielding right. Okay. It was with Thurman in the Dixiecrat. Oh, okay. So it, who had been a governor. All right, I'm,
0: I'm sorry, I'm getting confused. Are you talking about well, 48 with Byrd? It is pretty
4: confusing because you had so many parties going in so many different directions. Okay. And you had people split so many, you know, that, that pie wouldn't split again. And and that's kind of what happened. And, you know, you always through history, you think, well, Kennedy was really elected by a hundred and something thousand votes from a cemetery in Chicago. You know, it's kind of a, it's kind of an urban legend, though. Kennedy getting elected. But you know, if you really look at it, those unpledged uh electoral college votes that he lost in Mississippi and Alabama and one or two in Oklahoma probably gave him the election.
0: If if those Nixon. had gone to the Republican, in this case in right. nineteen sixty Nixon, then Nixon would have been the president. Nixon would have won in nineteen sixty. I know. And Nixon was a lot more qualified,
4: but he didn't have the charisma. And I remember those, uh, like they were yesterday. I remember those debates, and and Nixon looked out of place, and he looked stone faced, and and Kennedy was just all bubbly, and, and it was almost uh, like some of the Democrats we have today, how they have a way of uh, showing what I don't necessarily believe, but they're pretty doggone good at it. So, anyways, I got to thinking about all this stuff. I guess. You know, the solid South, you've heard that phrase probably all your life. And if we, as we throw the solid South in, the solid South was Democrat. And the solid South also included, like, I think Maryland, even, and Missouri, and, uh, Oklahoma. States it wasn't necessarily Confederate states, but there was a solid South block. And as it went on, and then as it started, Some things started happening, and you hate to throw segregation and and anti-segregation and everything in there, but that's kind of what started driving the South more to the Republican Party because the Republican Party was a lot more conservative than the Democratic Party. The Democratic Party, especially under LBJ, and even before that, I think under Harry Truman, they uh, uh, integrated the army, and they gave away uh, a few freebies also that Southerners didn't appreciate. They had some programs that Southerners didn't appreciate, even though a lot of them went to XGIs, they were still thrown in that way, you know, through them. And then is is um, if you look back, is um, uh, uh, who who took who came in next?
0: Eisenhower. Um, awesome.
4: Ike. Yeah, Ike. Uh, I like Ike. Ike came in and Ike didn't do a lot. I don't think Ike was, he didn't want to get into that political play on that thing. And, you know, we the situation in Little Rock happened under his administration. However, that would have probably happened. That was a court order that they carried out, kind of like Kennedy carried the court order out at the University of Mississippi. The only problem is the University of Mississippi overkill a little bit. They put about 33,000 troops in a town of 700 and a student body of 5,000. I mean 7,000 and 5,000, you about 12,000 people and you put that many in and now you're worried about putting 12,000 on the uh, U.S.-Mexican border to stop a, what I'm considering an invasion and I know a lot of people think that that's probably okay, that we should go ahead and and do it the right way. But I think a tent city was, is, is not going to please many people, but it never did bother the army. When they would put me in a tent city in a desert, you know, they would call it the Hilton. Right. And it'd be a shelter half that you would button up with somebody else. And you'd say, well, you're going over to the Hilton. And, uh, and of course, when my daddy got out of world war two on the farm, we lived in a big tent. And, um, uh, had a bed in it, had hardwood flooring, and raised it up. I lived in that for seven, eight, nine months. I don't know how many. As a baby, so a tent's not going to hurt you uh, unless it messes you up uh, mentally, like it has me. Maybe. But otherwise, it's not going to hurt you. But going back to you know all that rigmarole, everything that went on, and then when you had the next, the next thing I really remember that really I felt like kind of. It was the 68 when they uh, Democrat in Chicago they had rights and they had everything they had those hippies and just it was unbelievable what went on in Chicago at the Democratic convention in 68 so they would they refused to seek the Mississippi delegation because they said that they didn't give blacks a chance to be delegates so they refused to seat us or our Mississippi um, however you want to phrase that, but that, that was a thing that kind of turned Mississippi. However, if you look back at it, when we're looking at that, that was more on a national scene. You know, we voted more Republican in the South and that, in that solid Southern block on a national scene for Republicans. Locally, they stayed Democrat. I had a lot of arguments with my mother's mother about that. She was a Jimmy Carter fan. Obviously I was not. And then when Mr. When President Reagan came in, I'd worked really hard on President Reagan's campaign. And when he came in, she uh, just called him that actor. And so we'd get, in a few, we'd get in a few arguments about that. But she finally came around before she died at 93 or four. And, uh, but, you know, once a, once a yellow dog Democrat, it was hard to change them. So if you ran locally, you had to run as a Democrat in the southeast to get elected local. And I don't care if it was for dog catcher, if it was for mayor, or if it was a, any, any state office. If it was a state legislature or a state senate, you had to have that D in front of you, or you would not get elected. Huh. And that all changed maybe... Oh with Reagan I guess on the you know it kinda really started changing then. I know
0: some places, Jerry, it hadn't changed. I mean there's places no, today. That, that's a Republican Republican mindset. Republicans are still probably the party that wins the presidential election, but on the local right. level Democrats win. Well
4: and it's evolved in today where it's nothing racial I don't think about.
0: It. I think everything
4: about it is more the conservatism of the Republican Platform bumped against the liberalism of the doggone Democratic platform.
0: Well, I don't want to call it racism, but I I can't help but think race is the predominant reason that a lot of people vote. And if you well, don't, it
4: obviously I is. I mean, if
0: you don't believe me, look at the statistics from the two thousand sixteen election, where ninety eight percent of black women, ninety eight percent, voted for Hillary Clinton, and I, blacks I in general. It was in the nineties, but ninety-eight percent.
4: And obviously, you can't say that it's that way with the white vote because you couldn't be electing Obama, and you couldn't be electing these uh, some of these people that get elected. And I don't think that lady would be running near as strong in Georgia as she's running. Right. If if you were blaming white people, and what about Florida? Mm. You know, we've got a guy that's the mayor of Tallahassee that's. Right there, even in even Stephen, and may be ahead by a couple percent points on the polls. I'm glad I don't put a lot of faith in those polls, but he puts enough in you to give you some worry. And uh, so we'll all know uh, real this soon, time, real this soon. But, too soon. but the, the
0: point is, as a guy who's a, f- a fan of history like you are, I also love history and th- this whole divide. I know people like to make a big deal out of. We're so divided in this country, and and we'll never yeah. be healed and all that. Well, they probably are right, but guess what, fans? We've been divided as a country since we we began this thing called a democracy. And we're nowhere close to a civil war. We've seen one of those happen when we just couldn't get along. And so I think we need to come off the the ledge sometimes if you listen to the pundits. And, yeah, it's not perfect out there but we still have a long way to go till we get to a nuclear situation in the American democracy. Well
4: said, you you would have to run around with a big R on your shirt or a big D for us to ever have any kind of conflict uh, as far as a physical conflict goes like that. Now
0: Now I will, I will say that I think we have devolved to a point that most Republicans and most Democrats really don't want to associate with each other. We, we really just kind of know where we are. we go to our corners and we yeah. don't really intersect very often now we but do have a sizable, right. sizable independent group, and those people I guess are free agents can go to either either corner yeah, but they but can't. but I know generally Democrats i mean I see it online all the time if you're if you like Trump, they don't want to have anything to do with you and I'm sure <laughs> the that reverse happens all the time too.
4: Well, he does with me and a friend of mine, a real good friend. I've been a friend since high school. He played college football. He's a doctor. and I'll have to say every now and then we'll be talking. We talk a good bit as he travels, and I'll say, now look, let's just don't talk politics, or we something's going to happen to our friendship because we're too far apart. You're 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 watching a different uh, network than I'm watching, and I'm getting a different side of a viewpoint than you're getting. And it's you're believing what you're listening to. And I feel like I've got an open mind on mine, but uh, maybe, maybe I don't. But I know you don't because it, you're, what you're telling me doesn't make any common sense. He's telling me about uh, worried about the people in that convoy, hoping they're not treated bad when they get in the United States. And he believes in open borders. And, and I'll just have to tell him to stop. Or we won't be, you know, we won't be friends. Huh. And you hate to say that, but, you know, when you've been friends for 70 years, well, not quite that long with him, 60 years or so, you know, you hate to
0: say things like that, but doggone oh, gun it is true. No, that's and not the right. same guy with a dog in his truck, is it?
4: <laughs> no, he's more conservative than I am, if that's possible. I think <laughs> he, he if he was in really great health, I believe he would leave the country if we lose this election. Ah, uh, okay. He,
0: Well, obviously that dog must be a raging liberal because that dog took out its vengeance on you and its (laughs) uh, master this week. And I hope you don't have rabies, Jerry. We need you here on the y'all show. I
4: appreciate that. You may not need me next week if this thing doesn't go just exactly like I want it to, but uh, I'm holding my breath and I'm praying for it. And, uh, I'm thankful for Trump and, uh, you know, I, I guess I put my political side out there a little bit, but uh, so hey, be it. either yeah. you like
0: him or you don't, and half That's the country loves him, and half the people think he's terrible, and, and those who like him know that with Trump, he's his own worst enemy, so imagine if he wasn't his own worst enemy, how much better things would be, but hey, he's done what nobody thought he could possibly do, so who's to say what's going to happen? Jerry Short, oh, he- thank you very much.
4: Thank you, and I, I hope everything goes well, and- We'll just hold our breath through the week and see what
0: happens. All right. Stay away from FIDO. Well, that will wrap up our Y'all Show for today. Hope you all had a good time hearing from Jerry Short. And again, tomorrow, it's all going to get determined, Election Day 2018. And we'll have the preview on Tuesday's show and a full wrap-up on Wednesday of this week when we cover politics here on the show all about the South. Until that time, have a great rest of your day. You've been listening to the Y'all Show with John Rawl Talk with a southern accent.
1: This car I'm driving, I overpaid big time. It was such a (laughs) mistake. I should have just gone to Carfax.com, but I went to some other site. They gave me a price range. Oh, they were way off. Son of a...
2: Carfax has a better way. When you search used cars at Carfax.com, you get the most accurate price based on the Carfax report, so you never have to overpay on a used car again. Start your used car search today at Carfax.com.
5: Credit products are made by WebBank. Rates and terms vary based on credit history. Amazon is not a sponsor of this promotion. Other restrictions apply. See website for details.
1: How did I get into credit card debt? A trip to the emergency room.
4: Car repairs. Car repairs. Ugh.
5: <laughs> And now Avant will also give you a $50 Amazon.com gift card after your first payment is made on time. To check your loan options and to get this special radio offer, go to Avant.com today and enter promo code 4646 when applying. That's A-V-A-N-T dot promo code 4646. Avant.com code 4646.
3: Wherever you are this giving season, there's no better way to say Happy Holidays than with custom cards, calendars, and photo gifts from Vistaprint. And right now, you can get 50% off all holiday cards and calendars at vistaprint.com. There are hundreds of our newest card designs to choose from. Or give a year's worth of joy by personalizing calendars full of unforgettable pictures. So get merry. Get jolly. Get 50% off all holiday cards and calendars. Plus, save on other photo gifts at vistaprint.com. Just enter promo code HOLIDAY. That's vistaprint.com, promo code HOLIDAY.